Episode 15, question mark? Is it? Period. Period. It's episode 15. So it is episode 15. If not, we're saying it's episode 15 anyway. Can confirm. Can confirm. This is going to be a golf episode. Much to your... Opposite of what's up. the opposite of chagrin? Like obviously like happiness, but it's not what chagrin that, means. So yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no one knows what I mean. It's been lost in translation. But this episode I'm super pumped for because we have an interview with my cousin and his wife. Yep. Who played college golf. So Jacob and Heather Levitt, and she's from Scotland. There's a lot of questions we could have gotten into. We kept it as a short 30-minute interview. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably have them back at some point. But she's from Scotland, played golf there. Um, and they both played at Elon. So little questions about what college golf is like. And then we're obviously talking about the masters, which, yeah. We'll, and we'll, did, we'll, or, didn't your cousin play on, was it team Scotland in some event or something? Yeah. I think she played. Oh, I can't remember which, which event, but she played for, yeah, like, cause she, she played like Scotland. junior stuff over there for yeah. like Scotland. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> so like we could do a whole podcast yeah. just with her. And then your other cousin played, uh, some mini tour events, which I yeah. think is fascinating. I might quit my job and play. Mini I think tour you events. should. Uh, but so anyway, we have that coming up. And if you're coming just for that interview, you can see in the show notes, there'll be a timestamp. You can jump there. But before that, OBJ has landed somewhere. He's in Baltimore, mm. ironically, where Jake and Heather are as well. Yes, he's so, he landed the PJ at Baltimore. Yeah, we will see if Lamar Jackson still hadn't resigned. Well, I was going to say we'll see if that affects it. If uh, it's got to. Well, I'm wondering if there's part of the negotiations behind the scene of like, can you get me a like solid receiver and they land OBJ, and if that changes things for him, we'll see. I, I don't know because he what was it two or three weeks ago? He's like, I want to trade like. Yeah, publicly I mean, said he wanted to trade, but you you never know what's leveraging techniques versus that's true. What, like what's negotiation versus actual. Yeah, that's true. Um, so anyway, that happened. Also in the NFL, the number zero is going to be allowed this year. I think so. Now it's like for quarterbacks, you can wear number zero to nineteen. I don't know running if I backs. like that. I used to not like it, but I mean, so many people do it in college. So quarterbacks is like zero to nineteen now. Running back zero to forty nine or eighty to eighty nine, which feels like a very receiver number. But I guess yeah, you're allowed. I don't like Fullback, halfback, same thing. Wide receiver, same thing. Tight end, same thing. Offensive lineman, fifty to seventy nine. Defensive lineman, fifty to seventy nine. And then ninety to ninety nine. Linebacker, everything except for sixty to eighty nine. Defensive back, zero to forty nine. So on, so on. But everyone can wear zero except for offensive and defensive linemen. Poor guys. They can't be zero. They can't be double I- zero. They can't be nothing. Besides with the zero. I really feel like the only players that are should be able to wear a zero is the kicker and the putter. Really? <laughs> nah, dude. Defensive backs wearing a zero is tight, safe, is or like it? any yeah, any of those. And then sometimes receivers are tight ends, like if they're built tight end, not like a like a faster receiving tight end looks sick. Um, you think so? I don't know. I don't know if I'm a fan yet. I'll yeah, have to see. Well, it. you'll have to wait and see. Because so, I mean, they do zeros in college. Do they do zeros? Yeah. So we'll see if anyone switch. I think there's a few people. Yeah, quarterback's going to be a zero? No, nah, I wouldn't no. like that. I don't like that. Oh, no. That's not classic. Every time I make, like, when I used to play Madden, I was a quarterback course. Like, yeah. create a player, and I was always two. Were you always, like, 6'5", 250, solid muscle, no. too? No. <laughs> Were you, like, 5'5", five, five, 100 pounds? I was always, like, 6'1". I was, like, my normal height, uh, but I was, like, lightning fast. <laughs> That <laughs> just had a crazy arm strength. I used to always make him ridiculous, like either six six and jacked, or like really short and as fat as possible, but like really fast. I wanted to be like at least somewhat realistic. Yeah. Oh man. So uh, Bruins, you want to talk about them? 
Oh, the Bruins have broken the single season win record. I'm now a bandwagon Bruins. Christian just picks whatever team's winning. But I will say, well, it's because Scott, uh, you know, I, I haven't ridden with an NHL team yet, and I'm going to ride with my guy Scott mm-hmm. on this. And so I think of 63, they won the 63rd game, broke the record. Yeah. How? I mean, seriously, what a great season. But even they said it. If you don't win the cup, what's it for? That's that's true. What's it for? All right. So um, before we jump into the Masters and everything, we have your new segment, Today in History. So on this day, April 11th, the Dead Sea Scrolls was announced to the public. April 11th, 1948. Hmm. And then also, Andrew Ponzi set a world record in New York Billiards. 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 Billiards tournament when he ran 127 balls straight. That's nuts. 127 in a row. That's Think nuts. about that. How many do you have do to you hit just in? just keep re-racking and I going? I guess, or? yeah. It says Andrew Ponzi, yeah, New York Billiards tournament. That's insane. 127. That's How many games is that? I don't know. Anyway, that's a lot of games. Yeah. That's it's pretty nuts. That's cool. Well, uh, jumping on, we'll try to keep this quick and get to the interview. But for the Masters, obviously, big storyline going on is the weather. So they had weird delays and everything. But do you see the trees falling? Yeah, well, everyone did. I don't know. I'm yeah. asking like that. Yeah, at least. I mean, the weather was not great. A couple of trees fell. Luckily, no one was injured, which was a big positive. But that kind of set. <laughs> The tree fell, as did Kepka's game. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Right? But like, so with the trees, uh, I didn't think about this, but one of my buddies uh, works for a grounds crew here, and we were watching the Final Four together, and it was storming. And he's like, do we just pray that there are no trees down in the morning? And I was like, wait, I didn't think about that. I'm like, oh, yeah, you get there like five in the morning, and then there's trees down. You have to pull out the chainsaw and start going to town. And so this was like, obviously, you're in the Final Four like a week before. Right. And I'm thinking about that, and then the tree drops during the Masters, and I'm like, Dang, they're about to hop on it, pull yeah. the chainsaws out and go to town. And they did. They cleaned it up so fast. Like, they did a great job with it. They but were ready. It was just interesting because I never really thought about that. It's like one of those things that's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But you don't really think about it before right. and all that stuff that goes on behind it. And that's then with the point. weather, like, I felt like they did a great job of, I mean, as to be expected with I Augusta, know. but like. First class. I mean, they're just, the landscaping is just unbelievable. And how fast it is, it's just like. They, what is it, two inches of rain between Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday looked just like a, a normal golf yeah, course. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's so impressive. Like the really people were you know, like making it like that. That's cool. Yeah. And then Tiger barely made the cut. He made the cut, though. He made the cut. Didn't he set the record 23 He tied straight? it. He tied it. So okay. it was 23, and he was at 22 before. And then did he bogey 18, or was it 17? I'm pretty sure he went bogey bogey. Yeah, because he had dropped down to plus one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a bogey-bogey finish. Because they were like, he wasn't going to make it. But then Thomas blew up and missed the cut at plus four. So then it put the cut line at plus three. Which, I mean, I felt bad. Like, obviously, when he withdrew, like, he was in so much pain. looked miserable. Gosh. But also, you know that he just wanted to make the cut to keep the record going. Because it's not like if you miss it, it's not like he's going to ever get that opportunity again. He's not going to go make... So that begs the question, is this the last time we see Tiger Woods? No, I think he goes for the solo lead. The what? The solo lead on the record. So if he's tied at 23, I think he goes for 24. Oh, God, seriously. Plus, I don't think that this is the way that he wants to go out with drawing like that. I know. But, I mean, it also depends. Because the accident was a year and a half ago. Something like that. Something like that. You would think that, I don't know, like maybe 
he's just not going to recover with a lot yeah. of things. Yeah, he's 47 now. So he'll be... He's only 47. So he'll be 48, I believe. Next Masters, yeah. Yeah. Man, you got a rainbow behind you, too. Nice. Look at these lights. <laughs> these lights have a mind of Look their at, own. Look at it. Seriously, it's, it's a rainbow. Should I just leave it? What's up, everyone? See that? You can't even see it, actually. Why? can't even see it. Um, did it change? Oh, no. I thought it changed back. That's crazy. Uh, but Tiger, 48, right? Is that what he said? Yep. I feel so he'll like be 48 next year. He'll be 48 next year. Mickelson going off at 52. That was crazy. Shooting a 65 on a Sunday at that 52. Was, that was insane to watch. And they showed like his final like six holes because he wasn't like, he really wasn't in contention. He started the day at one under. And then all of a sudden he was four under. And all of a sudden he was five under. And then he birdied like three out of the last four yeah. or something. Insane. Well, because Spieth was going off. They and were, so they you're were watching him. together. Yeah, and you watched him going up, and then all of a sudden you see Mickelson just climbing up the leaderboard. Yes, and Speed too. It was so yeah. fun to watch Speed and Mickelson make so many birdies. And Speed is one of those people too. It's like you always see Speed. You're like, ah, well, he didn't play well on Saturday, and so mm -hmm. he's out of it. And then all of a sudden on Sunday, he's like, he's in third place. <laughs> and you're like, it, quite the opposite of what Brooksy did. Yeah, gosh, I didn't want to talk about it. I mean. I'm glad that we had Spieth and Mickelson going off because it was a really boring Sunday afternoon. It was. When uh, Rom just started taking off and then Brooks just started dropping. Like, yeah. It, I, pretty much about, what is it the 12th hole where you can get into trouble? Um, is that the part? Yeah. yeah. Amen corner. Yeah. yeah so it's three. like at that point, when Rom parred that, it's like, okay, it's done. Yeah, and there's a 17, 18 are also really tough holes, and 11's a really tough Well, 18, four. he hits it into the trees and then still pars it. Yeah, that was just actually nuts, to be honest. But what I was going to say is the front nine was riveting. Like, watching Spieth do all... Because they were, yeah. like, nine holes ahead of yeah. the final group. Watching Spieth make all the birdies. Mickelson make all the birdies. There was a time when Rom was not... I think Rom was 10 under, but seven guys were six under. And Dude. you were like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And then Rom birdied a couple. I Cameron Young was even climbing into it. I know. But that's what I'm saying. Rom birdied a couple and Kepka proceeded to bogey a couple. He also had a couple birdies that like rimmed out that he ended he up did. getting like pars and stuff on. So it was like very, I don't know, it was kind of exciting for a little bit. Then it, it was. Got but like I said, once, because he, Rom was, I forgot, maybe he was up two or three after nine. And then he birdied 12 or 13. And then that just kind of like he was up four with like five. And you to could go. just see Brooks Kepka was snowballing. Like it yeah. was it was pulling a me golf game where it's just all in his head. And you um, want to talk about like the worst feeling though? Like I imagine that has to be the worst feeling as a golfer. Now he did win one point four million dollars or whatever it was. Yeah, so tough day. Tough day. It was a tough day. But when you're in the final pairing and you just like don't have it that day, yeah, and you're just getting beat <laughs> like in front of everyone, it's like that's tough. But, but I mean. Two live golfers in the final three or the top three. 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 Reed, Mickelson. Well, I guess, yeah, because Reed yeah. was tied for it. So I don't really follow golf that much, but when Jacob and Heather were here, we were talking about it. And uh, I didn't know that Patrick Reed's just like a scumbag. He is. Yeah. Like in just, the last few years, he's cheated a couple or like there's been some really dicey well, situations. Well, apparently he would like steal from his college teammates' yeah, golf bags exactly. and stuff like that. Dicey guy. Dicey there, guy. There's some, there's some rumors about Patrick Reed that like, that, you know, they're rumors, little, so little, who knows? But who but knows? The I've stuff never, that we do know oh. aren't good. But anyway, overall, I mean, good for Rom. I mean, for winning it. I think on even Seve, who was a Spanish golfer, mm -hmm. I think I it was the that. 40th anniversary. So, 
congratulations, Rom. I just did not want Rom to win. Like I would, I would rather see like you just love America. Spieth, yeah, an American win. Exactly. <laughs> I, I actually do not like when international golfers win. To be honest. <laughs> I'm telling Heather you said that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Heather. <laughs> I really, really, obviously it wasn't this year, but really want Rory to get the Grand Slam. I don't know if he will. I it is, you know, he talked about it and people were announcers were talking about it. Like he just needs the Masters, mm -hmm. but he didn't even make the cut. Like it yeah, is so in his head. Yeah. Like he blew one Masters. I forgot what year it was. I remember that one, but I don't know. Maybe it was 13. I don't know. It was a while ago, but he blew a Masters. And ever since then, he has just mm. like, not, I mean, it, I don't know. It's just not pretty. But I would like to see, and uh, I'd like to see, which one does Spieth need? He might need the Open or the, I don't know, maybe the US Open. But I, career Grand Slams are so rare. Mm -hmm. And these guys know that, right? Like a major is rare enough. But if you have a career Grand Slam, like there's only been like three people in the history of golf to do that, maybe four. So it's like, that's very rare company. And so Roy knows that, Spieth knows that. And it's like, it's tough, but it would be cool to see. I agree. And then the last piece from it, I guess, is Sam Bennett. Like, really, that was cool seeing the amateur go off. So fun, man. It's so fun to see the amateur. He was in the final pairing on a Saturday, mm -hmm. which, I mean, that never happens. Right. And also, I mean, he didn't play as well the last two days. We got to give him so much credit because he was in the national spotlight, especially on Saturday, Sunday. And so he went from like eight under to four under, but still he finished the masters at three or three under, I believe like that's solid. Like you finished the masters. He finished like tied 17th, I think. Yeah. And, um, I guess his first round, the bogey free round was the first bogey free round by an amateur since I think it was 65. Yeah. Which is crazy. And I think he's, I think he set the lowest two day amateur score when he was Thursday, minus eight. Friday. That's yep. cool. Yeah. So, I mean, he played really Kudos to him. He had his college coach on the bag, Texas A&M. Mm -hmm. His head coach was on the bag, and so that was pretty cool. But anyway, I mean, all in all, I thought it was good. I just wish the back nine would have been yeah, a little bit closer. I'm with you there. Yeah. Well, Iceman, he, mm. said, he, he said he was going to do some Masters. Figured we were going to talk about that. Yep. So I'm not sure what today is. Excited to hear it. He's rocking the red Nike. My man's growing a beard. Yeah, in honor of Tiger, obviously, so. See what he has to say. What's up, everybody? This week's Unsung Hero proves that sometimes to be an unsung hero, you just have to be in the right place at the right time. Mm. Francis Zuber is a downhill skier that loves to go out and find some fresh pow and shred some gnar mm. with his skis. Not he found himself pow. on Mount Baker in the northwestern corner of Washington State with a couple buddies just going for a fresh downhill ski. When he noticed, after passing a section of trees, a red snowboard poking out of the snow he looked back and realized at that moment that the snowboard was attached to somebody who had fallen down into a tree well and they were head down in the snow completely buried and all that was sticking out was their snowboard francis then takes off slows down stops takes off his own skis and uses them like a ladder to help himself climb back up the mountain to some extent and goes in and starts digging out ian steger the two have reunited recently, and I don't think you're going to find a better story from this past week. Uh, and that's why Francis Zuber is this week's unsung hero. Dang. Save so a man's cool. life. That's so cool. I mean, that's crazy, too, to even just, like, notice the snowboard sticking out and right. like, see someone and then go back. Because, I mean, think about how many things you just notice and you don't really think anything of. Sort of think anything of it and then 
Especially when you're, I feel like, I mean, it sounds like he was a pretty good skier. So yeah. I imagine he was going pretty quick. Like, yeah. like it was like me going on the bunny slopes, you know, just like. Yeah, passing it at like a half a mile an hour. Yeah. You're and actually walking. Yeah. Oh, wait, those are legs. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, good super job, cool. Zuber. Whatever nice. his last name was, that's good. Yeah, that's sweet. Nice work, Iceman. And then for the Florida man, since you always win. We're, we're up in the stakes for you. Man, change it up. We're changing it Joe up. Joe got tired of being a loser. I got tired of being a loser. And I probably still am, 100% still am a loser. But now, no. instead of being story one or story two is true, it could be story one's true, story two true, or both stories are true. Do I have to guess a particular story that's fake if I do that? Yeah. You, it can't be like one story. You have to say story one's true, story two's true. Or they're both true. Got it. So 33% chance of getting this. Yeah. Got it. Or your gut, you know? Yeah. I mean, think about what you've subconsciously thought about that you didn't tell me that I could subconsciously have heard through your subconscious thinking or whatever you said last week. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you what, I'm going to go with my gut. From the, this is tough rods. This yeah. Time. All right. Probably you're 10 and four and about to be 11 and four probably. But story number one, in St. Petersburg, a Florida man walked into a laundromat and pulled his pants down and took a dump on the floor. <laughs> As if that wasn't crazy enough, the man proceeded to pick his turd up with his hand and cram it into the soap compartment of one of the washer machines. Oh. Nasty. That's just disgusting. Very vile. Story number two, in Boca Raton, a Florida man was arrested for disturbing the peace after he was spotted in three different locations shouting obscenities and threatening to destroy everyone with an army of iguanas. Mm. Shortly after um, the man who calls himself the Apostle was released from police custody, he was arrested again for breaking uh, store windows and walking down the sidewalk with nine iguanas on a leash. That's... Oh, man. I tell you what. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for the apostle. All right, man. The gut, the gut's talking again. All right, let's but hear now the, gut's the odds are just not as good. So I'm, I'm feeling a lot less confident. But my gut says story one's true. Story two is false. You're right. You're right. You're complaining about the odds changing. Thirty-three percent odds, and I still nail the thirty-three, <laughs> baby. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So you're complaining about it. Now you're confident <laughs> with it. Story two was originally, there is a true one that I changed. It was uh, outside of Orlando. There was a guy who called himself the uh, saint and he was going to destroy everyone with an army of turtles, oh. but he never brought the turtles into it, but he was arrested for disturbing the peace and shouting. Nine obscenities. iguanas on leashes, baby. Mm. My gut. Hey. <laughs> That's wild. Tried to change it up, did change it up, and still lost. Yeah, like I said, eleven <laughs> to four. Dang. You might as well stack. You have the script. You might as well stack the odds even more. That's ridiculous. You might as well do twelve stories. Which was the fake one? That's ridiculous. All right. Well, without further ado, we'll move on. We're gonna jump into the interview with Jacob and Heather. Talk golf, all those things. Hope you enjoy it. And as always, if you don't mind sharing the show, leaving a little rating, that'd be great. You guys have watched the Masters? Yes. Yeah. What do you think? The tiger looks in pain. Yes. The poor a guy. Lot. It's kind of, I'm not a huge tiger fan, but it's sad to see it a little is. bit. 
Yeah, you can just see him like wincing. Yeah, did you see the video of him limping? Yeah, it's yeah. very yeah. sad. That was he cool. made the cut though. Yeah, he made the yeah. cut. <laughs> he looks like he didn't want to. Yes, I know. I feel this. like he wanted for only the record. So that he, because he's tied yeah. now at 23 yeah. consecutive. 23, right? Yeah. And so. That's and Fred Couples. How the, old is my guy Fred? He's ancient. guaranteed to play well at Masters. Guaranteed. Year. But he's like, is he 60? He's 63. 63. 63. Yeah. Made yeah. the cut at the Masters. It's crazy. I think the, he's the did oldest. McRoy missed it, but Fred mm -hmm. Couples made it. Yeah. And Tiger made it on one leg and McRoy missed it. Yeah. With the bad, with like the bad cut of weather too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you what, watching it and seeing like, because Kepka's played bad for a long time, or at least mm -hmm. last few years, and yep. watching him absolutely destroy right now, and we're recording this on Saturday night, so he might completely fail tomorrow, but it's been fun to see. I think it'd be really cool to see a live person win. Yeah. I know you I, feel very strong. I'm not anti a live person winning. I'm anti Kepka winning. Oh, how come? He just, just like seems a like a miserable person. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't like... He seems disrespectful to other players to me, and I... Like that. Well, did you watch the full swing? Yes. Yeah. And he was miserable. Like his yeah. his wife was like trying to show him what she was gonna wear on her bachelorette and right. all that stuff. And he's just sitting there like, I suck at golf. <laughs> he looked like a little yeah. puppy. He did. <laughs> and I he's like kind of entitled to me. Like yes. sitting in his mansion with all his trophies and complaining about how he can't win anymore. You didn't like him before that though. I know? didn't like him before that either, but full swing really confirmed how much I dislike him. So I used to really like him, mm -hmm. like just because I love the fact that he brought like bravado into golf. And I think yeah. golf needs a lot more of like the meatheads, to be honest, or like mm -hmm. just like the good athletes. And then it, it kind of turned for me to where now I'm like, eh, like I'm not a huge fan anymore. So I'm pretty apathetic about him just because the full swing and like what he said yeah. lately. It was not what I would have expected. Like yeah. just the persona he gives off. It would have been like, I don't really care. They're not playing well. I'm just yeah. really good. And it was not what. I still think it'd be really cool to see him win, though. I, I do, too. He, he's been going through mentally for the last few years, at least. Mm -hmm. um, and the amateur. Yeah? Yeah. That's really cool. That's been so fun to see. The guy, I think he's 20. Where do you, where does he go? I think a and uh, yeah. 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 23 years old, I think. And, I mean, for first of all, just to make the cuts unbelievable. But to be in the final pairing on a Saturday, that's yeah. some pretty cool stuff. And he'll technically be final pairing on a Sunday. Technically, yeah. well, when yeah, they finish, yeah, because yeah. yeah, they have 12, I think 12 more holes left. So it goes into kind of playing in the rain because I know you guys have played a lot of golf, right? And I played a decent amount of golf myself and playing in the rain just sucks, mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, uh, you, do you like it? I, I didn't mind it. It was okay. like, I don't know. I feel like it was, it depended on There's when. pros and cons. Yes. Yeah. I a think lot of cons it, for me, but yes. It's the way I always looked at it. It's at least in college with tournaments, it was a mental, like, battle. And the way we were always told by our coach was, you know that 80% of the people out here don't even want to be here, so if you can at least try to want to be here, you're already winning that part. Mm. So it was like kind of, it was like a easy way to get ahead of everyone before you even tee off. Gotcha. It still sucks, but... Yeah, I did not have that mindset yeah. piece in high school. I can promise you yeah. that. <laughs> and I feel like once you get wet, too, like, you know, you're just kind of... Like, then you're just wet, and you're just out there, and it's like... Yeah. Kinda, depends if it's cold. That's yes, true. That's true. Like, so if it's, it's like warm true. and it's wet, like 45 and raining, and yeah. that's like... It's kind of miserable. That's very miserable. But they're still hitting some great shots. Like, I don't, I don't know how, because I played... Last time I played in the rain, we played in a Barstool Classic, funny enough, in Pinehurst. We were playing Pinehurst... 
or Southern Pines. That's where we played. And the we played a practice round Sunday. It was beautiful. 76. It was kind of like yesterday at Augusta was. And then we played the actual match at Barstool, the Barstool Classic, and it was 43 in rating, and it was the most miserable thing I've ever been a part of. I was a part of the 80% that wanted to get out yeah. of there. I was like, I'm so done, right? I'm not turning professionally at all. Um, so for you guys, because you played at Elon, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. Yep. I'm fascinated. I guess it gets like kind of accentuated more towards like the PJ Tour and like as you get better, but like the mental aspect of the game, right? So I play in high school, so I'm really curious to see like the difference in the middle game from high school to college. Yeah, I think it is a huge difference. Like I at least felt I had a lot of experience going into college that a lot of other people didn't just from traveling Europe and playing and stuff like that and playing a lot of tournaments. Because you're from Scotland. Yeah. Gotcha. So played all throughout Europe as a junior um, and did a lot of that and played against a lot of different people. And then we'd have girls on our team who hadn't played an AJGA or anything big and just like really struggled with getting in like tournament mode or even just having the discipline to practice on their own or even just like focus and practice with the team. Um, So mentally it is really different. I mean, going to college in general, not even playing sport is mentally a lot different from in high school yeah exactly so it's a big switch i feel like it's weird too of and you didn't you did international teams so it was different but it was weird going from a very individual sport like when you played it as junior and then now you're part of a team and it's really not a team sport like it's they make it a team course yeah yeah like they make it a team sport in college and it's really fun and like i really enjoyed that part of it but it's not it's weird to take that very individual sport and then now it's like you're part of a team it's a weird adjustment of how to handle that i think yeah, I've always been fascinated like by the PJ Tour guys who are like just so confident. And I get, I guess like game mode's a good way to put it, but like they're just like in the zone. I never discovered that zone in golf. Right? Yeah. Cuz it was like whenever we'd go play these big tournaments, I think I just put too much pressure and like so how how did you guys like when you were playing college tournaments, how did you get quote unquote like mentally in the zone? Yeah, I feel like it I mean yeah. I feel like it's it's kind of exactly what you said of like the more you care about it, like the worst the, the worst tournaments I probably played or mm-hmm. um or that and like the best tournament that I can remember playing was I played as like an individual and you weren't even part of the team and there's just no pre- like there wasn't any pressure so there's definitely something to be said for and probably the people who are really really good college golfers you know sure. maybe do a better job of that but there's definitely it's hard I think it's really hard like to not put pressure on yourself and that's probably why you see the people that are really really good able to do, do that or handle it better i don't know it's, yeah i it's, feel like it's so interesting to me it's just like to be really good and handle it like that like the only person i know that's that good and handles it like that is joe and yes. joe yeah. i mean <laughs> some some huge drives today right yeah like huge. uh i'm pretty consistently in the under 200 range on a round <laughs> so i'm pretty good guys yeah and that's birdies yeah <laughs> it was very impressive today it was it. Caitlin was impressed. You want to hop on? Come back here. Yeah, hop on the mic real quick. She was our cheerleader the whole way around. What do you think about your husband, Caitlin? Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thought Joe did great. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked good doing it. Oh. Mm, you heard that. Come on. <laughs> you heard that, everyone. Gosh, the latter is so much better than the former. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Um, so do you, did, and if I remember correctly, Joe, some of you played after college for yeah, a little bit about what was a, that like? It, it was interesting. It was like, I, I was, I was an okay college golfer and a very not good professional golfer. Um, there's definitely like you talk about the, the jump from high school to college. Yeah. And then there's a, I would say bigger jump from college to professional where it's like you go for, this is the thing you do. And it was a very interesting experience that I'm like very glad that I did, but was not, you know, I, I'm glad I'm done doing that now, Sure, but it's very different. Um, it's a very different mentality and it's, it's really like, it's crazy to see how many, like, cause I was just on mini tours and mm -hmm. the people who are there, you know, 30, 40 people that play those every single week that are insanely good. They're like, you know, shit, like every, every single time you come in from around, like somebody who shot 64 every day. And it's like, so it, it was, it was, it was a cool experience, but it was like, people are unbelievably good. And well, how, like, what's the biggest difference? Cause I'm thinking like, there's a pretty big difference for me. Cause I didn't play in college, but I had a couple buddies who did. And they were just like, they just didn't make as many mistakes and they were just very consistent. But like, what's the difference between like playing a high level competitive golf in college to like, now we're trying to make the tour. Now we're on mini tours. Like what's the difference between that? I think it's probably, it's probably the same, you know, same thing where you just have, you know, the people who were in high school that didn't make very many mistakes, you know, they all went to college and played. And then out of those people, you have a lot of people, you know, you have a very few group of people who, you know, don't make mistakes also. And they go and play. And then you also have a lot of people that are better. A lot of it is, you know, everybody's a lot of people out there are really, really good. Um, and like I would make we, we had a lot of, you know, you can make the argument that the guy who wins shooting 20 under on the, you know, mini tour is not really playing that different, like playing that differently than somebody who wins on the corn ferry tour. And that person who wins on the corn ferry tour is definitely not playing that much differently than who won on the PJ tour that week. It's all about how, you know. And I think there's a mental progress. I would imagine I never yeah. made it that far, but I'd right. imagine there's a mental progression of, you know, the same thing where you jump, you know, each time you have to under, you know, like we were kind of talking about where you have to understand how to not put pressure on yourself. And, but like, there are so many people who, you know, you just go and watch them play and you're like, and I was like, I was like, not a very good professional. And you'd be like, you know, you've got to be good enough to like keep doing this. And it's right. Know, or, you know, like as good as anybody is doing it. It's crazy. And financially too, right? Like, isn't mm -hmm. it like spon like like I know there's sponsorship exemptions sometimes, but isn't like isn't there like an entry fee per tournament? And it's essentially like, especially the mini tour level, it's pretty much organized gambling of like yeah. where you're. <laughs> it's I mean, really expensive. Yeah, it's really expensive. Yeah, it's really? like yeah. yeah I so, mean, like, can can you just like sh share numbers here? It's probably you. I don't remember exactly, but you'd pay like to play a mini tour event. It's pretty much like you'd put. It's basically whatever you're, it's a couple hundred dollars and okay. you put your, everybody puts their entry fee in mm -hmm. and then, you know, the top, you know, X percent, I think you had to come like top 20 or so to make your money back. And then you would, you know, make a little bit on top of that. And, you know, it's, and then you have to pay for traveling, you know, so your hotel room and, you know, all, and all that stuff. So it's like yeah, not, yeah, yeah it's, it's, and then the, the thing that's like, I kind of get that for the mini tours where it's like, that's just expensive to do, but it's the same thing for, I think you have to be, I saw somebody said the top 60 on the corn fairy tour to like break even, which is crazy. Like, so you're top. On the corn fairy tour. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just very like. Just under the, for those who don't know, just under the PGA. Yeah. 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 So it's like, it's unlike any, any other sport that I, you know, any other major sport and that like, there's not a minor league, you know, that pays for you. To, you, know, you, yeah. you know, you don't make yeah, a yeah. lot on other things, but it's, you know, it's a really hard, um, 
it's a hard career to like go after. So yeah, and it's like I feel like it's kind of like tennis almost, where it's yeah. like you know unless you're like a top fifty or hundred player in the world, you don't make much at all. Yeah, yeah. Like Joe, I feel like JP goes to that like when when he works with different tennis players. Like I'm sure some of them do pretty well, but like the ones who are quote unquote pro but trying to make it. Yeah, a lot of the sports are just hard to. I know. You have the individual ones, like the top group make it, and then there's a lot of people underneath it that are just struggling, working hard, grinding. Yeah. So what do you think? Uh, I have two questions that I debate with my friends all the time, okay? And I would love the perspective of two two good golfers here. So how much of golf is natural ability versus skill is the first question. Like deliver mm-hmm. practice, like like that type of stuff. Like how much... Like, could you be a really unathletic person, but start golf at two and just make it to the PGA? Um, I think you could be really good. I'm not sure if you'd make it to the PGA. I don't know if you would agree with that. I'm trying, like the yeah. best golfers I know are the ones who are really natural. Right. And probably didn't do as well as they could have because they didn't work as hard as it at at it as they maybe would have if they weren't so natural but i think there's just like a little bit of being a natural that takes you so far on the days where you don't want to work hard you can fall back on the fact that you're a natural talent gotcha i would there are definitely some anomalies that you see like you know like zach johnson's probably you know like a d3 golfer like you have somebody like that that'll go through and but they're you know hundreds of, you know, probably thousands of people that are playing, you know, pr- trying to play professional golf just in, you know, America, and you know, not even talking about overseas. And so, you know, some of those people are just going to be naturally gifted and have a leg up that, you know, not to say you can't make it, but there's definitely a better chance. And I think that's going to be more so as you, as people continue to hit it further and further like that, I think that's going to become, cause there are some people like you're just probably not gonna be able to hit it that far. And yeah. it's, you know, I think that's going to become more of a detriment. I still don't understand how Justin Thomas hits it that far. He's like 5'9", 150. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. he's like Joe's size. Yeah. Small <laughs> so they are taking the stance that it is natural gifting. Is that fair? You have I'd to take a side. So, yeah. I, I think natural gifting. I think. I would disagree. I'd, yeah. I'd probably go natural. I think you've got more chance of being successful gifted. if you're naturally gifted because I think you have to work so hard at golf if you're not. I think it's kind of like, is Matt Fitzpatrick versus Dustin Johnson? Right. Like Matt Fitzpatrick is gifted, but like works harder than anyone else. And Dustin yeah. Johnson is like just an athlete yeah. and doesn't have to work hard. Both very successful, but it's like, it's a longer journey for Matt Fitzpatrick and not as many people would be willing to. I see. Do that. Yeah. I'd say. I think he yeah. also turned pro at 19, but. Yeah. But still, he worked hard. <laughs> you know, he did. Yeah. Like, I, I feel, I, I do agree. You definitely have a better chance if you're naturally gifted, but I feel like it's one of the only sports that you could make mm-hmm. it not be naturally yeah. gifted. So, like, I, I do think you don't. Yeah. You don't like, have to be an athlete. Like, like, you're not going to see anybody that's five foot two in the NBA. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I personally struggle with the question. I read a book called The Talent Code. Um, and it talked about like, like specific things in your brain, like my Ellen and some other like learning quote unquote, like, I guess parts of your brain are like accentuated from four to 12. 
right? So from age four to 12 is when like most golfers, piano players, like specific skill players, like have like practice so much between that age. And so I always found it funny though, because the PGA tour is like, this guy's a natural, but he had a swing coach at four. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. yeah. He's a natural <laughs> who has been coached his entire life. Yeah. 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 Like, he's had a swing coach he is for. Like, you know, obviously, this, his family did well. I, I agree. I think it's both. I think you have people on the PJ Tour who just like, like a Kepka. I think Kepka is like naturally gifted. Yeah. He's an right? athlete. Yeah. yeah. He's just straight up an athlete. And, and I'm sure there was a time where he practiced a lot, but there's some people like a Jordan Speed or even like Scotty Scheffler had the same path where like from age five. They're yeah, at a country yeah. club and like they yeah. have they have a swing coach and you know yeah I, I do feel like yeah, I, I feel like that are, are all the people who are really naturally gifted I feel like they're still because there are so many people that are naturally gifted I feel like pretty much everybody on the PJ tour is still working like crazy hard at all Agreed. but like they're I'll bet they're a handful of people like Dustin Johnson that don't really have to do a lot to keep that up but right. I would. I feel like even even now, like you have to still work. I would think you still have to work really, really hard yeah. with how many people are playing. Yeah, and yeah, how good for sure. Is. So that leads to the second question, which is one I argue all the time with my friends, and it is: say you had a company, right, or whatever, and you sold it at forty, okay, mm -hmm. for twenty million dollars. Doesn't matter the number, but you didn't have to work the rest of your life, right? Yeah. And from forty to fifty, you had a swing coach. You practice five times a week, like. You even like even at your guys' level, by age fifty, if we give you ten years, could you make the PJ Tour of Champions? Us personally, or yeah, just I'm someone. saying you personally. Uh, I think maybe. I guess like the women's version. Mm -hmm. I think I could. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd like to say yes, but I feel like I tried it for a year and a half and was not. So like, I, I feel I like you have yes, the skill that. I'm, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. I want to say yes, but maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I feel like, I feel like the answer is yes. Yeah. Like that, that's yeah. Like, yeah. That's what yeah. I'd like to like, think. Even so. for me, I'm like yeah. year four. I'm destroying. Like yeah. I might make the PGA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, but it's like if you get if you get a swing coach and money's not an issue, like you can do you know you can practice and do whatever you want. I think it's it's so fun because you see like two different sides of the argument. Like I have some buddies who like suck at golf and they arguably could never be a scratch golfer ever, let alone like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they're like, dude, I could easily do that. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like you want it. Like, I don't know. Maybe, you definitely want to say yes. Like, I feel yeah, like you could. Yeah. I'd you like know? to think so. Yeah. You always could. Like, but I, I feel like it's, I feel like it'd still be hard. Like well, it would definitely your, not be. What's your lowest round? 64. Five, I think. Four of those get you in. That's true. You know? That's yeah. true. And you got 10 years no, to true. do it. Yeah. That's true. You that's got true. 10 years to line up that. So what are you? What's your lowest 66. round? 66. Some good golf. What's yours? Uh, mine. Yeah. Uh, six to seven. What's yours? Yeah. You want to ask mine? Yeah. What's yours? <laughs> in 83 with an asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's my story is hilarious because I grew up playing middle and high school and like was a very decently average high school golfer, right? Mm -hmm. Like I could have went like to a very small school, like just was like, a, okay, you know, like a good, decently average golfer. And then COVID hit, even when I was like working in like a, a quote unquote business setting, but I was playing more golf during mm -hmm. COVID yeah. than I did even in high school. And I got better in COVID uh -huh. than I did even in high school. 
And then it started being so fun. It started wasted so much money and played all the time. Mm-hmm. And then now I haven't played much, so I'm not nearly as good as what I was a couple of years ago. But. Yeah, we don't play hardly. This is the first time we've played since Christmas. Yeah, it was my first time playing we'll the play, year. Yeah. Yeah. You shot one under? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Casually. Yeah, I yeah, feel like, we'll, though, because you guys have practiced so much, though, that it's like, it's a lot easier to shake the rust off, right? You'd think I mean, so. From a good score, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like, you could probably break 80 blindfolded. I'd, hopefully. I, but I think the tough, at least where I am, I'm not as good as I was, but I still expect think, myself yes. to be as good as I am, so it's frustrating to not be I still it's have so fun, but I'm still like competitive and I still want to play well. And so it's really annoying when I don't. So I, yeah. Oh my gosh. I agree. It's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Cause like now I just don't play that much. And so yeah. I just like, I'm just not that good. And it gets so frustrating. She's like, I'm supposed to, like, I want to yeah. shoot 68 today. It's like, yeah. I'm shooting like 84. And you're like, this is not it. Yeah. I feel like the exact opposite. I'm like, I'm just totally content now that I'm just like, I'm not <laughs> that good. I'm, your like, mindset. I'm like, I'm just not but that then good. You always shoot well. Like every uh, time I played, every time yeah. I played yeah. with him, though, he's like, "Yeah, I haven't played in six months or whatever. It's gonna be a terrible round." Then once was like three under, once I think was four under, once was one under. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm definitely very like, like I'm not gonna be that good anymore. Like it doesn't yeah. bother me. You it's play, such a good yeah. You play better maybe, when you I don't. don't know, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, no, that's such yeah. a great. I mean, there's because whenever I go out there, I'm like, I'm just gonna have fun, with boys, and I just want to break ninety, and like, I'm gonna break ninety. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. it's so fun, and it's a lot less pressure. And I typically those are the days where I play well. But when we play together, I was like, I'm gonna show Joe how fucking good I am. Mm-hmm. And so I did not play that well. Yeah, it's funny how it, <laughs> it always not. works like that. You yeah. can't try to play well, and like, yeah. you just have to. I don't know. You always play better when you don't put pressure on yourself. Yeah, well, maybe that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's time that to take the career. The last question I want to ask because this is something I think about a lot. What is your best shot of your career or the best shot of your career? Is there one where it's like, maybe it was a, like, maybe it was a practice round. It's just a crazy shot. Or maybe it was like tournament style and it was like a clutch shot. It doesn't matter. You can take it either way, but I'm curious, like the best shot of your career. I was playing in Iceland in. Wow. 20 summer, 2016, I think. And I was playing, um, with the Scotland team and it was um alternate shot myself and my partner and we were on the 19th hole I don't even remember who we were playing against it was par three and my partner hit it long right the green and um it was like a two-tier green but um like not traditionally like back to front mm-hmm. but side mm-hmm. to side and so the pin was on the bottom tier on the left of the green and I just hit like a really clutch chip to like a foot to win the match. Oh, that had to feel good. Yeah. I remember awesome. that one. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. I, I don't have a great memory, but I'd yeah. probably say I can't remember anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad. It was I, I had a lot of practice with this sort of thing. Like uh-huh. you were talking about me in the trees earlier. I hit we were doing qualifying for a tournament in college and I was like way down in the woods, like I think our coach specifically told me to like punch out. No. And I think I hit a pitching wedge like way in the woods and the leaves and everything. It was like a 70 yard snap hook from like 170 yards. And it like just turned it over. Yeah. It just like snapped onto the green. And somehow ended up going to like 10 feet and pretty sure I missed the putt, but it was, that was the best shot. I think that I can remember hitting. 
That was great. That's so cool. And then, and then because you did that though, you will try that the rest of the time. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I was also in that I drove it really poorly. So I was in the trees so much that I had a lot of practice on hitting ridiculous things like that. So, but I remember that was probably, I do, I also remember I was specifically told not to do that. But, and you did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's like me. One of my best shots, like I hit a long driver off the deck on a par five and just stuck it on the green. And I was like, well, I'm going to do this forever. Every time Mm -hmm. I have 265 in a par five, it's like pulling the driver. Yeah, it's all, it's a dangerous, like, <laughs> it's almost better than like not yeah. do it like that, but then you're like, ah, well. You screw it or something. You definitely do it again. Like, yeah. <laughs> Heather yeah. is lethal with the driver off the deck, though. It's my favorite That's shot. so, I it's love, scary. gosh, I yeah. love driver So off consistent. The D. I, I love like, big D off the D. Gosh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I like hitting driver out of the trees. Oh. It's a new trick I learned last few years. Because I carry a lot of hybrids, so I, I don't carry a four iron or a five iron. So if I'm punching out, I can't keep it low enough, but pine straw like lifts the ball up a little bit and driver goes so low. It's awesome. I would love to see that. It's you should try it. It's that's, that's it's a good cool. shot. No, I'd love to see you do it. I'm not pulling, <laughs> I'm pulling, I'm not pulling driver off the deck. It is one of the most disheartening things ever too. Like when we'll play and if you can get like, I'll hit it further. So like I can cut the corner and I'll have a wedge in and then she'll hit driver off the deck to like eight feet. And then you hit a wedge further away. And it's like the most disheartening thing ever <laughs> because you're like, oh, it's insane. I got a lot of practice. It is really impressive. I have a long way into the green almost every hole. Yeah. It yeah. is incredibly impressive. That's great. Well, I got a couple questions for you, Heather. Uh, I'm curious, how does golf in Europe compared to when you came over here and were there any things that surprised you about golf culture in the U S compared to Scotland specifically the, I'd say the lack of walking, like Mm. we don't really have golf carts at home or like my home club maybe has like five golf carts for visitors or like elderly people or Or Americans. Americans. (laughs) 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 Um, so walking a lot more, and the cost, it's the cost of fortune here to play golf. Like, it's insane. Like, at home, we don't have initiation fees. It's not thousands oh, wow. of dollars a month. Like, it's be like 600 pounds a year. A year. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, like, I've, I was a member of, like, a nice-ish club. Not crazy, but had two courses. One was championship course, like, the first links course Tom Watson ever played. And it, it's just cheap. I feel like literally everybody plays golf mm-hmm. because of that, probably. Yeah. It's super popular. It's mm. just, yeah. That's probably the biggest difference, I'd say. Obviously, Lynx courses, I grew up playing Lynx courses, so I love like them. Style-wise it's, different. Yeah, yeah. style-wise yeah. is different. But throughout Europe, that changes. Like, I've played, y'all call them parkland courses? Like, inland courses, like, not Lynx courses across Europe, and they're similar to here but it's links course specifically it's such a different way to play golf like i came here and it was all about how far do you carry it and just go for the flag like you're always shoot the flag hit that number when you're playing over here and at home it would be shoot the flag take off 30 yards look at the left side of the green where the slope is and if you want to hit it there and run it up like it's just completely huh. different type of game which one do you like more probably Lynx golf i think it suits my game better because it you get you don't get punished as much for bad shots i'd say you can get away with them but you can also get punished for good shots 
because they can get bad bounces. I think it just, you have to be more creative mm. and that's kind of fun. You'd love it because you can putt from a hundred <laughs> yards out. Texas wedge only. Texas wedge, baby. <laughs> only. That's pretty cool. I yeah. love that because side note, my, my, the worst part about golf for me is out of bounds. Mm-hmm. I hate out of bounds. It's such a bad concept. Yeah. I, I do. Like, even if you don't be like, okay, fine. Like just drop one, you know, like just yeah. the fact that to re-tee it mm-hmm. just pisses me off. Well, especially yeah. if you can find the ball. Like if yeah. you can see yeah. it and it's out of like bounds. You yeah. just be able you're to like hit two it. inches yeah. out. Yeah, like if yeah. your house is on a golf course, then yeah, then, then tough. Like somebody's going to play out it. Yeah, just mm-hmm. like you're going to play out of the yard. Like, Yeah, I don't know why they just don't like, because it would be a, so much less of a penalty if you're like, all right, take a stroke and then just drop here. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right, I can still hopefully salvage bogey, right? Part yeah. four, but like, if we hit it again. Good luck with yeah. Hopefully double. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be tough. But I grew up with OB, like the first six holes of my home course has a railway, like tight. Very tight. It's very tight. I've been on that railway many yeah. times. <laughs> so, yeah, we definitely grew up with OB, so I learned to stay away from that part. But the rest of it's different. It's fun. And I haven't found a link. Like I've played the ocean course and like that's a links oh, yeah. course, but not the same to me. I feel like the rough is nothing like. Yeah, the rough at home is like up to my waist and here you'd probably always find your ball in the rough but you go in the rough at home you're probably not finding it yeah really hard i don't want to hit out of that no <laughs> you can hit out. like it's really hard to like move the ball once it for me at least once right. it's in there yeah because it's so long and then we have gorse bushes as well or like huge staple Scottish golf. It's a really spiky bush. And like you can find your ball in it, but you're not going to hit it out because you it's spiky. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but that's a huge staple for Scottish golf courses. They're not in the fairway though, right? No, Gosh, like this. They're not far though. They're not far off the fairway. They'll be like 10 feet off the fairway sometimes. Yeah. And then that's your ball's crazy. just gone. And if you, you might hit it in the middle of the fairway, Hit a hill and bounce straight left into a guard's bush. Oh. oh, I would cry. I'd probably break my driver. I've calmed it's down. It's frustrating. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a lot more calm in my old age. What's the coolest place y'all have played? I love Pinehurst. Pinehurst in general, like all of the courses. And I love Kiowa. I also like St. Andrews. Yeah, I thought Carnoustie okay, for me. I yeah, thought that was Carnoustie the coolest course I've played. What, what what's it called? Carnoustie that where they played. The um, open. Yeah, played the open a lot. It was really cool. It was so hard, but it was. I thought it was a lot of fun. That was my favorite course I've ever played. Yeah, it's it's a hard course. It's like because people always compare the old course and Carnoustie, okay. and the old course is like the pinnacle. But Carnoustie is a like the good course. The old course isn't hard if it's not windy. Right. The Carnoustie is always hard. Bunkers are horrific. Like big pot bunkers? Mm-hmm. Like big bunkers in general. Lip is like three times as tall as me. And it's middle of the fairway. Yeah. Awful. And the roughs really the fairways are tight, the roughs tall. Like it's good test. It's fun. It's fun. You can shoot like I mean, I think I shot in the eighties when I played you there did. and I had a blast. It was so much fun. Oh cool. Like it's, I don't know, it's different. Yeah. Like, I feel like even when you shoot a lot, like, it's still really fun because it's so different and just cool. You got to be creative, too, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. 
But yeah, I love Kiowa. We played Kiowa a lot in college. And we played the Ocean, Turtle, Oak Point, and Osprey. They're just, they're just fun. I think it's nostalgic as well. Like it was fun to go and stay in like the condos with the team yeah. and it's always nice weather and really cool course. Yeah. I've always wanted to play Kiowa. Never got a chance. I need lots of gators. Big gator guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big gator guy. Big Clemson fan over there too. <laughs> <laughs> fighting words. You're supposed to be a Gamecock fan these I am, days. I am a big Gamecock fan. Go Beamer. Right. <laughs> Should we do the draft? Oh yeah, we should sure. definitely do the draft. Type of club that I guess is like your your most favorite or one you love to play with the most or whatever just feels good in your hands. So we'll start with you and then we'll do Jacob, me, Joe. Okay. This one I know none of y'all have in your bag, so I'm gonna take it. My, <laughs> my five hybrid. Love my five hybrid. Nice. Like a frying pan. Just goes so high. And then I hit it straighter than my nine iron. So my That's favorite. Awesome. Yeah. I'll go eight iron. Really oh. like. Just I, I like the way an eight iron looks. I don't don't really know why. It just looks good. Distance wise, you're like you got an eight iron in your hand, you're fired up. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. It's just like I don't know. There's something about like an eight iron just shaped a little differently than like a different iron. Uh. And it looks it's like suits my well. So I thought you were gonna say my club and I was gonna get pissed, but mine's <laughs> a seven iron. And Ooh. this is why. Back when I was playing a lot. Right, a couple of years ago, I was kind of douchey about it, and I'd beat my friends with a seven iron only. That's pretty bad. Like I'd play, I'd <laughs> drive a seven iron, I'd pull a seven iron. Yeah, I've played a couple of holes with just a seven iron. It's pretty fun. Yeah, but just so no one else can have it, I'm taking a putter. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I thought for sure you'd be a driver guy. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I would. I just need to be the driver pick. guy. I don't want anyone else to have a putter. All right, fair enough. I will take fifty-six degree wedge. Nice sandwich. I chip with it almost exclusively. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it feels good. I warm up with it. First club I hit when I warm up. Dang. I'll go with a two iron. Ooh. Wow, you can hit one of those. I feel like that's. I don't that's think a, anyone else is going to choose that. Gosh, that's so uh, sexy. I feel like that's a. That you just turned me on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like you can get in a lot of trouble with the two iron, but it's yeah. like a good club to hit. Yeah. Yeah. So my number two is my number four iron just because I'm in the woods a lot and I can do some Mm -hmm. dangerous things with that bad boy. Some bananas. Mm, We're locking in a driver. (laughs) Y'all give me a driver. (laughs) driver. Let's go. (laughs) That's so funny. Last one. If y'all give me my last club, it's Dunzo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess I'll go three wood. Oh. If I can't have driver, I'll go three wood. I like my, I have a nice tightless three wood. I've all had a while and I love it. Yeah, three wood. I feel like I'm really close to your second club, but I'll do a 58 degree wedge. So like, I, I can't chip with anything other than that. So that's just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go 60. No, I, go ha- 58. I have a 60. I love my I'm, 60. I'm 58, 54, 50. Is that where you are, Jacob? Yeah, 58, 54, 50. I think I'm going to switch to that. To be honest, I like it better. What are you? 56, 52. I don't know. Do you have a 60? No. I could never like hit a 60. Mm-hmm. I, it was only beneficial for chipping here and there. Yeah. Oh. I feel like the real way to go is 52, 58. Cause like I have a 50 and a 54, and like you really don't, like you don't need both of those. 
Yeah. I feel like it. I like, I have 52, 56, 60. But I really only use my 60 for like flop shots and sharp bunker shots, right. I'd say. As you should. But I just like fun. don't know how to chip. It's yeah. fun. <laughs> Fair enough. So my number three is something I should tee off with more often, a three hybrid. I got mm. a sweet rogue three hybrid that, uh, that we enjoy a lot. A lot sometimes. A lot sometimes. My team's stacked. I'm going to pitch and wedge. <laughs> I've got a driver, a pitch and wedge, and a putter. And I can, can hit my, right can hit my pitching wedge like 155, or I can use it like around the green. Not that I can actually hit anything around the green, but hypothetically I could. So my team's stacked. You also yeah. hit your pitching wedge further than anybody I've ever seen hit a pitching wedge. It's a strong wedge. Like it's, I think it's 44. It's not that, but like that's not. You still well, I'm like, a strong person. You hit like 160 <laughs> yards. It's insane. Joe gets three-hour workouts in. He's, he's, he's pretty strong. Craziness. Anyway, this was fun. Thanks, this was guys. Fun. For, yeah, thanks Thank you for, for having us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thanks for being I'll have to have you back. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, and I, I want a golf invite next time. You got to earn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough.